Welcome to Bat Therapy, the psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Spider-Man. 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 Dude, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, particularly Spider-Man No Way Home. I always, I, I love this, the Spider-Man movies. Yes. And so... Okay, this movie was super cool. What I loved about this movie was that they pulled all the Spider-Mans together from the three installments, especially because every time, I mean, I know twice, but it felt like so many times where it's like, we have Spider-Man. Wait, why are they remaking Spider-Man? Wait, they're remaking Spider-Man again? So it was really (laughs) cool for them to actually pull all of them together in this movie. Yeah, it's crazy how long they've been around. When... I I can't remember. I was at the movie theater and Return of the King was in <laughs> was was playing. It was like everyone was getting ready for like the midnight show of Return of the King. And there was just a guy in line completely dressed as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget because the the guy at the ticket booth that was getting ready to tear tickets, for some reason he was so bothered by it. Like he constantly was yelling. This is the line for Lord of the Rings. Spider-Man is not playing. And like he said it like seven times throughout. But it was just funny because it's like, man, that guy was really, his feathers were very ruffled by the guy dressed as Spider-Man going to see Lord of the Rings. Oh, man. That is such a brilliant thing to do. Just blatantly dress up for the wrong movie at all the midnight showings. That's so great. Yeah. It's always good to troll. Uh, But yeah, No Way Home is, uh, it picked, it one thing that was interesting about it is how it immediately picks up right at the end of Far yes. From Home. So mm-hmm. Spider-Man is like running away and his secret identity's been found out because Quentin Beck snitched on him. Here's one thing that's also really funny about Spider-Man because outside of like maybe one or two of the villains, they're all either his like co-workers or friends. Like, mm. like he worked for Doc Ock. He like... Oh, yeah. Norman Osborn is his best friend's dad. Like the the lizard, Dr. Kirk Connors, he worked in his lab. Like, uh, like so many of the of Spider-Man's villains are just like, oh, see you at Thanksgiving. Like they're just like it's, they're it's, people that he's really close to. That's what happens when you're the friendly neighborhood superhero. Right. Like even in Spider-Man Homecoming, his prom date's dad was Vulture. Right? Like it's like, man, like, dude, you just need to. I don't know. Make everyone forget who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, and right. sure enough, here we go. Here's the solution. Right. It's I wasn't a fan of the spell. The spell doesn't make sense to me, but I do really really enjoy the movie and like you said they bring back all of the villains, but it still feels very on earth. Mm. Feet on the ground even though it's very spectacular and all over the place, but it it still just feels has a good 
deep, meaningful vibe to it with me. One of my favorite lines in the movie, and it's something that, unfortunately, it's a motto that I've certainly gone by. MJ says it. She says, if you expect disappointment, then you can never really get disappointed. Yeah. Uh, And do you want to know when I adopted that? Oh, no. It was after I went to see X-Men The Last Stand. (laughs) I... I, I started saying that I'm like, you know what? Every, like, literally every movie I went in after that, I was expecting X-Men 3 and was always pleasantly surprised. Like, every single time. Like, okay, I can, disappointment. I can vouch yeah. for this. <laughs> I can indeed vouch for every single... Because, see, Keaton and I, we grew up in the same place, but when we got really close, we didn't live in the same place anymore. And so we would have phone conversations, especially when different movies would come out. And every single time, Keaton would, would in fact say, you know what? <laughs> Ever since then. <laughs> yeah. Everything X-Men 3. Changed. Mm-hmm. Every, uh, everything changed. <laughs> and if you haven't already, listen to our Days of Future Past, where we say, bravo, thank you for fixing it. Yeah. <laughs> fixing that movie that broke everything. Yeah, I... Let's actually... So, yeah. <laughs> that that's actually a great point. That, okay, so... Um. Yeah, MJ. She says, "Uh, what was it? Expect the worst." And if, you never... if you expect disappointment, then you can never really get disappointed. Yeah. So it's very cynical. It it is very cynical, and you know, I think it hits on something that I've talked about. I think in in previous episodes, but maybe not this season. But how we think about things can absolutely affect how we act and how we feel about it. And there's there's kind of this, I don't know, sometimes people think, oh, therapy's all about making you think all sunshiny and positive. And, and uh, there, there are certain things about how MJ, you know, expect disappointment, you'll never be disappointed. I mean, how you use that phrase may be helpful or may not be helpful because um, I'm actually a believer in let me let me know what might go wrong so I can plan ahead and I'm not taken by surprise and I I can handle the situation better. But yeah, you also have to be careful of looking for disappointment around every corner. And she even in the movie, I think she she highlights that because Peter Parker at one point starts to say back that phrase. Mm-hmm. In in she's a like, situation, no, it's gonna yeah. work out. Yeah, exactly. She actually... she's like, no, it's gonna work out. And she's like, let's not. She was like, there's way too much bad stuff that's happened. Let's not seep down deep and get stuck in that. No, let's not focus on disappointment. This is gonna work. And so you do have to be careful that you don't essentially put yourself in a hole you can't dig yourself out of. Just looking for that disappointment everywhere. Yes, yes. You should not expect X Men three whenever you start a. At yes. the and at the same time, you can always just be aware. Okay, sometimes X Men Three happens. I'm not going yeah. to avoid the movies from now on because I'm afraid of X Men Three happening, or I'm not going to ruin every movie for myself because I notice every little thing that's like how X Men Three ruins itself. Right. <laughs> but I'm aware that X Men Three can, in fact, happen again, and we have seen it happen again, like Spider Man Three, for example. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so oh bad gosh, it was like <laughs> i feel like topher grace really like disappeared 
after that for a long time. Like, I'm pretty sure he was doing other things, but I just don't remember really seeing him do a lot of stuff after after that came mm. out. I mean, they just made a That 70s Show sequel on uh, Netflix that he's in, though. But yeah, that movie, like, they just... They just didn't care. They really didn't. They were just like, you know, it's just whatever. And then, yeah, it was it was messy. But at the same time, that's something that's difficult. Like whenever you start off with a really really good villain, it's hard to top it when the actor nailed it. Like Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe, absolutely nailed Green Goblin, mm-hmm. and Alfred Molina absolutely nailed Doc Ock. So they knew exactly who they needed to bring back for this movie. And what makes them so interesting is what they suffer from, it almost kind of reminds me, it, it almost seems like a, it, it's very much a mental health disorder. Like it's it's not, mm-hmm. it's obviously it's science-based because he has like a chemical, like Norman has like a chemical in his system that makes him that way. Yeah. And he hears the goblin voice and then Doc Ock, uh, Otto Octavius, he, the the chip got fried on the back of his neck. But it's it's just so interesting because when when Peter does actually cure him and put the chip on him, he's like, the, the first thing he goes is, it's so quiet. The voices... Yeah have stopped and that like when he said that it it sounded so much like someone getting the the mental help that they need yeah you know it is a really good point and um i've actually i've had conversations before with some of my colleagues that do substance use treatment mm-hmm. um because there's some nasty drugs out there yes there's basalt to floated around a number of years ago you've got I mean, there's there's tons and tons of stuff out there, and also people just have reactions to things. But um, you you can actually have people that seemingly have a psychotic disorder Mm -hmm. that's in response to a substance. And one thing that's particularly scary is sometimes that stuff sticks past when the person has stopped taking the substance. Oh wow! um, And the drug, yeah. So. Um, like there's research, for example, to suggest some people marijuana can actually pull out um, psychosis. So for some people, it might be that they have an underlying genetic predisposition and then the the use might kind of pull it out. Um, but there's actually substance induced psychosis. Um, but yeah, sometimes it, it, the question is if they hadn't been using this drug or if they hadn't been using it for so long, would they be having these struggles? And right. and I've talked to colleagues before and, and been like, okay, so it doesn't seem like they're using this drug anymore and it's been a little while. And I mean, it, it can take a while for your brain to adjust again. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they're still hearing voices or their thoughts are really disorganized or things that once again, like Doc Ock, like Osborne. And we were like, so what should we do? And, and, and we're all like, well, no matter where it came from, there's still these issues a person's having. Maybe certain medications may or may not, you know, work as effectively. Who knows? But definitely in terms of like therapy and helping people with coping skills and how to manage it, you've, you've got similar experiences like you're talking about with these two. OK, so clearly um, this isn't coming from a mental health diagnosis, but what they're struggling with very much could relate to say someone with schizophrenia. Yeah. And honestly, and it, 
you know, and and it seems like it kind of seems that way with Doc Ock. It kind of seems that way with Green Goblin. It also seems that way with uh, the Lizard, Doctor Kurt Connors. Mm. Like he, that that persona, that that evil, like that lizard side, kind of takes over him. And then, yeah. like it, it's funny because it seems like all of these are they're just really brilliant, great people, but they their science kind of gets in them and just changes them into someone dangerous and someone very so, unhinged and dang- and not yeah. good. So so let's just kind of throw something out there for everyone. Any scientists out there who are really frustrated with the process of experimentation and all the safeties and everything, please do not experiment on yourself. I think that's the the lesson learned <laughs> with these okay. movies. It's always oh. like a scientist who says, okay, uh Things aren't going the way I need them to go. I need to get this done quickly or figure it out. I'm going to test this thing out on myself, okay. and it's going to um, go great. Don't tell me what to do. I know <laughs> what I'm doing, uh, and I'm going to be fine. So I'll leave it well, at that. Now we know when Keaton disappears and comes back as a supervillain, we'll know what happens. Uh, gosh, I tell you, I um... I feel like I wouldn't be a villain, though. But that's how all villains feel. That right? is really how all feel. That is literally how every single one of these people felt. Osborne. <laughs> Osborne just. All right. Like, the thing is, like, all these guys, like, they always get, like, done dirty in some way. Like, he did the get chill- done dirty, but. He... Yeah, he did. Because he got kicked off of his own board. But he. For his, for his company. But at the same time, like, he was problematic. He yeah. was problematic. Like there he were, was, his, him and his son had some issues that made you wonder if there was, yeah, more, more to him than it. But, but still, you're, you, yeah, yeah. None of these people said, "I'm doing this to become a supervillain." Right, right. Um, so, and like, Eden, you have been forewarned. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I see the path, walking forward. <laughs> that's that's what we're going for, right? But, but yeah, like, but yeah, all of his villains, like Jamie Foxx's character, like, uh, he, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, he had gotten just walked over and pushed around Mm -hmm. and, 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 and bullied. Like he just, and so even he had a motive that was there because of something outside of that, that happened to him. He wasn't always, he wasn't inherently evil. Yeah. Right. Like none, and and that's the thing. Almost none of the villains are like outside of like I think there was a couple here and there where it's just like okay, you're just problematic. Like yeah. Quentin Beck, he was just Which problematic. I mean, really, if you think about it, is very much uh, take the superpowers out of it, but very much like real life. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think we have this. I think that's why there's this this sense sometimes of violence being so separate is once again we always like to put people in boxes if you do a terrible thing you're a terrible person if you do a great Mm -hmm. thing you're a great person guess what terrible people do great things great people do terrible things and most of us are somewhere in the middle some somewhere but yeah i mean i mean there are times where people specifically choose to do something terrible it's not always for a terrible reason or maybe they didn't realize how it would turn out. Or, yeah, maybe it's like one of these folks that got a run of bad luck and was 
done dirty and did what they thought they had to do to take the next step, and it all went bad. Mm-hmm. And Aunt May, she mm. uh, she really does a good job picking up on that. She's yeah. like, hey, you have to help these people. Like, you can't yep. just, mm-hmm. like, yeah, from their world, they might be villains on the brink, but here they are strangers that don't know where they are, and they need help, yep. and we need to show them yeah. compassion, which kudos to her. And the moment she said that is when I started getting worried about her, because I'm like, see, <laughs> you're being a little too nice for this world. Know what happens to the nicer people. And you know what I was just thinking? This could have easily been... So so this movie, what's, what's cool about it is they bring in these other Spider-Men and we have this like really questionable spell and everyone forgets about him. But it essentially kind of restarts this Spider-Man. It absolutely does. And and more of his actual origin story versus yeah. we had this like different origin story kind of Spider-Man. And and so yeah, it like revamps into an origin story. But it could have also been an origin story of him becoming a supervillain, if you think about it, because oh. of yeah, think about it. So yeah, because he almost snapped. He he he. Yeah. There was a second there where he was gonna kill Osborne. Red Goblin yeah. and Osborne, and they mm-hmm. even talk about Andrew Garfield Spider Man. He even says he when he yep. got low, he stopped pulling his punches. And I'm like, if Spider Man stops pulling his punches, mm-hmm. people die. So is he yep. saying what I think he's saying there? And I recently rewatched the Tobey Maguire ones and. He's not so innocent when he gets started, for sure. There's definitely, um, oh yeah, there's definitely some death that happens. I mean, he's not actively murdering people, but it's kind of like what you've said about Batman. Like, okay, you don't kill people, but they sure seem to die around you. Like they, that's yeah. a, that was a yeah. long yeah. drop. Like, very, yeah, yeah, very questionable stuff for him. Um, and and may have decided to do it in different circumstances, but yeah, this this essentially revamped and and gave this Spider-Man his actual origin story, which is super cool. It did. But it could have definitely been a, him having become a supervillain because here he, like you were saying, Aunt May is all about helping these people and save it. And you, you said, I, got, I started worrying about her right when she started yeah. saying that. I loved her. And I was like, oh, no. And really, if it wasn't for... Sadly, his friends that then forget he exists. Uh, but if it wasn't for his friends and the other Spider-Men being there, it probably would have been a very different origin story. And he yeah. would have ended up being the next villain. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it and it's just you're right. By the end of this movie, that's when I realized I'm like, oh, this is his origin story. Mm-hmm. And now he is the Spider-Man that we no, he does because honest. It was funny because like you you compare him to the other Spider Man. Like those first two movies, it's like man, this kid's got it made. <laughs> like Stark scholarship, got yep. a brand new suit, traveling the world with the Avengers. Like he's doing all this cool stuff, yep. like going on all these fun trips. And I'm like, I'm looking at Tobey Maguire Spider Man, who's like late delivering pizzas and losing his job and losing his girlfriend and we... horrible landlord like <laughs> but can we okay so he's like he's like the male version of she's all that though do you remember that movie i do okay i, so, yes. I know you don't want to admit it but okay 
So She's All Bad is this movie where this guy has a bet uh, about essentially turning this geeky girl popular. Yes. Um, But she's, you know, when like someone's obviously drop dead gorgeous and you just try and geek them up. They're just like, oh, she has her hair in a ponytail. She and she's wearing glasses. glasses. She's wearing overalls. It's like, not you know ironically. <laughs> Some of us had to wear glasses. Thank you very much. So, yeah, she's yeah. wearing glasses and her hair's back. So, clearly, she's a nerd. It's like, oh, my God. Right. So, they did that to Tobey Maguire. Like, like at the start of everything, um, even the nerds, like, at the beginning, they show a, like, nerd on the bus. And he's like, I wish I was that guy. And he's, like, chasing after the bus. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so but, funny. But yeah, you're right. You're right. This this Spider Man did have it easy compared to them, even though with Tobey Maguire they they kind of made it a little extra. Well, what they always do with that, they just suddenly put them in clothes that fit them properly, and it's like, oh, look how cut they are. I'm like, I know, that's right? because he's wearing a medium instead of the XL <laughs> that you had him in before. Yep. He doesn't so, have to always wear a hoodie. <laughs> so one of my favorite parts of. No Way Home, because you were mentioning them kind of comparing how this one, yeah, he had it easy, he did Stark, he was with the Avengers. I love the part where we, we're not working in a team, da-da-da-da-da. And the other's like, yeah, I've always worked by myself. And he's like, well, I've worked on a team. I don't, I don't, want, I don't like to brag. I don't want to brag, but <laughs> I, I was with the Avengers. And they're like, that's awesome. What is, is that? that? I, was, I love that. It's like, are you in a band? Is that <laughs> It was really good. But so, I'm like, it was just, it was very heartfelt seeing them because like I, those, those first, that like Tobe Maguire Spider-Man, I feel like he, we were in, we were in uh, high school when, mm-hmm. uh, when those came out and it just, there was just this, such a nostalgic feeling. Yeah. Uh, seeing, seeing him again and seeing Andrew Garfield, because I'm not going to. Andrew Garfield's an amazing Spider-Man. He, he is. stole the show. He's with so like, good. With less than a minute of him talking about losing Gwen, I was like, oh my God, th- it's his movie now. Well, honestly, He's and so I'm not going to... As far as Spider-Man movies go, like Spider-Man movies normally do not make me emotional at all. But the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, when he's listening to Gwen's graduation mm. speech and... He's thinking about quitting Spider-Man, uh, being Spider-Man, and the little kid is like about to walk out there and try and fight Rhino himself, and then he shows up at the very end. Like I just that gets me like every time. Most of it's probably Hans Zimmer's score because that man's just <laughs> amazing. Andrew Garfield is phenomenal. Yeah, and and this movie proved is. it. I, I, obviously, this has very little to do with our theme right now, but he deserves the credit, man. He's so good. Well, so it's, good. what's interesting is you realize all three Spider-Man have experienced loss, mm-hmm. but they've all experienced it very differently. Like, yeah, yeah like because Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, his, he, of course, he lost Uncle Ben. But then in addition to that, he had all these rough relationships. Um. He well, had and- a rough relationship with Mary Jane, and then of course he lost his bet. He 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 essentially was there when his best friend's dad died, yep. and his best friend held vengeance towards him, and yep. he his best friend ended up dying because he had to fight okay, him. He, yeah, yeah. Really, his life was better before he had the superpowers. Because also, don't forget, right. not only did Uncle Ben die, 
but he was part of what orchestrated that happen. He was kind of one of the 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 catalysts mm-hmm. because he went to the he wanted to earn money to get a car to impress MJ for some, okay, he was a teenager, so teenager brain whatever. Right. Um Uncle Ben wants to drop him off. So Uncle Ben drops him off at the library because he doesn't know where, where he's going. He he goes, he wins a fight, which he's supposed to get money from. So he wins a fight because he's Spider-Man. He's got all his powers. Mm-hmm. He gets gypped out of the money. Then someone steals the money and he lets them go because he's mad. Yeah. And then that person does a car theft of Uncle Ben and shoots and kills Uncle Ben. So right. I think... That also, I mean, yeah, and and in this movie, you actually see just how rough there. He just has a different. They all have different feels to them. They do, and it's I think because of what you're saying, which is they have lost, but it's different. They do, but what's funny is, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man is like the older, more seasoned one, Mm -hmm. and he see he does seem to have it more all together. He's also seen ones. some shit. He's seen a lot, but I think he's also grown yeah. and managed. Yeah. And the first time, because when when like uh when they're trying to figure out how to cure all of them, he immediately is like, "I've thought about it for a long time. Yeah. I think I could have cured. I think I could have cured um Norman. And and but it's one of those some like he's been sitting on that for a very mm-hmm. long time." And he's so excited to have the chance to make yeah. that right. Yeah. He's so excited. And then Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, of course, he also uh, lost Uncle Ben. But then his backstory, they also gave this, this, they had like an elaborate backstory going on where we don't really know what happened to his parents. They were like mm-hmm. government agents or a scientist or something like that. Like there was oh, a whole, yeah. yeah, there was a whole really deep plot there but also still like in this one norman osborne just i think he just passed away it but his son became the goblin that was still peter's best friend mj's not in this one it's gwen stacy gwen yep. stacy dies a very tragic death that uh after spider-man he tried to save her mm-hmm. he also tried to save her father could not save either one of them yeah. like the stacy family is just devastated and it was interesting to see and and actually you can you can see um you can see tom holland spider-man kind of taking andrew garfield's he's got a blend of them he's got the rage of toby Mm mcguire's and he's he's now got this withdrawal seclusion thing of andrew garfield's because Mm -hmm. andrew garfield he he kind of hints in these different ways that after all of that loss he decided he needed to he's he's only Spider-Man. He 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 isn't really Peter Parker anymore. He doesn't do Peter Parker things and he's yeah. very much on his own. And then Toby Maguire's trying to encourage him out of that. And you can even see, I mean, he's um Andrew Garfield his has more like self-esteem issues and things mm-hmm. also kind of webbed in there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Because he um, constantly doesn't feel like he's good enough after not saving Gwen. Yep. I, I, and it's like, all about trying. Yeah, he doesn't feel good enough. And and he's just sticking to behind the mask. It's probably 
feels like the safest place for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, I I really feel for him because at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, it seemed like he was able to let that, like, it seemed like he got past it and let it go, but then you found out, like, that it came creeping back in and mm-hmm. that hurt and that anger still lingered. Uh, and it just, you feel for him, but at the same time, I really, I really wish they went back to this universe because now I want to know what happens because yeah. this is a little, a little off topic, but so they cured the lizard. So in the original movie, I don't, in the original Amazing Spider-Man, I think the lizard actually did not die. Mm, they did. I, I don't, don't think they, I don't think, I don't recall them actually killing him. I do remember them curing him though, but if they cured him, and then sent him back, he may have not killed Gwen Stacy's dad, which means now there's a brand new reality there. Mm. Yeah, so when did it pull them from? Because if they die, they probably pull... And then, like, are they undead? Are they alive? Right. Yeah, like, the I others? Yeah, right. those are they very intriguing questions. Just another thing they don't really explain. But I hope that Andrew Garfield gets... Uh, uh, a better life. A, a better life. I'm pulling for him because he's just gone. He's just gone through it. And, and then, of course, you have our yes Peter from this movie, and him and his aunt May are just like thickest oh. thieves. I was it, it, the way it happens. It was just so heartbreaking too because she's just like I'm fine. Like even at the very end, she's like Peter, you're good. We're, we're doing the right thing and like that's and even while she's dying she's saying that and it was just yeah it was rough and and i'm yeah so like she's in shock and then once it kind of hits her and everything and yeah it's it is really sad and 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 it like you're saying too is it, it's just so unfortunate because she was probably the the purest caring character yeah that you and know in this in this world. Absolutely, especially just the way that she gets along with these supervillains that we've seen over mm-hmm. the past decade or so. We're seeing just how human they are. She's like, "You want a glass of water?" right? And she's oh, joking. Oh, yeah, that's so cute. And and like it, she's just being extremely kind to them and you feel for them because even um even uh, Norman Osborn, he's such a nice down-to-earth, dirty guy, but there's just this Mr. Hyde side of him that is yes. just and so, unhinged. So, so, I mean, here's the thing, though, and, and this comes up again and again for us because it's just so, so impactful, but how we treat people can, in turn, affect how they are. Yeah. And it can be so difficult because let's say you treat someone bad and and then they end up acting bad in in response because of how they're being treated well then then we say look see they were bad all along and so some people get yeah. trapped in that and the anger and frustration and everything that can come with that or you know in the case of these folks okay they they did some pretty terrible things Let, let's not yeah. let's be real here but the same in turn if someone we were talking earlier about um, it's not a, a simple box of you're completely bad, you're completely good. Someone does a bad thing, and then all you do is treat them through that bad thing and through 
you, you can't see them outside of that. Right. And then they're stuck in it. There's no rehabilitation then. Yeah. And the opportunity for rehabilitation can only come from seeing someone beyond the label of that, quote, bad thing that they did, even if it's a number of bad things they did. And so she she manages. I mean, this is no small feat that she's doing. You're so right. These are people who've done really terrible things. And even after she finds out the really terrible, awful things that they've done, she still treats them like people. And yeah. because she treats them like people, their success at the end of the movie, even after she's gone. And it's so interesting because it's like she's the one showing the humanity and not the seasoned like superhero, Doctor yeah. Strange. He's just like, we just got to get rid of him. Who cares? And I'm just like, dude, like, you, you were a medical doctor. Like, this isn't what you do. Like, you help people, right? Like, and he's just like, whatever. He was a surgeon. So think about it. Think about it. They all take the Hippocratic Oath, right? No, yeah. And, and hey, nothing against surgeons or anything, but, but think about it. I mean, a surgeon has to go in and calculate and, um, I mean, bedside manner is important for all these things, but that's true. He he's all about where's the issue, cut it out, remove it, or or repair or whatever. I never thought Vers- about it that way, right? Versus, I mean, Aunt May, it looked like she does like soup kitchens, and she's very much more interacting with the person as a as a whole. Um, and I'm I'm sure surgeons listening to this feel like I've really been reductive for them, and I apologize, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Surge is out there. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, there there are these different approaches, and actually, even within helping fields like my own, there are these different approaches. Um, and there are some who do more of the, um, I don't want to say hardened, but the tough love kind of approach of of things. And and sometimes you have to keep certain boundaries and hold people to things and whatnot. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. You have to be careful because with Dr. Strange, it's like he's dealt with it to such a degree. He's like, let's, let's just remove the whole issue. But he forgets the people involved. And, you know, and part of it, cause I'll give him, I will give him the benefit of the doubt because part of it is, I think he's looking, this is all still post in game. Yeah. Right. Like, it, he's he's looking from the standpoint of what's the overall thing like overall good here because it's like if we don't send them back it could destroy everything yeah. and wreck everything and so i think he's thinking about like it's the same way when in in game he's sitting there calculating millions of different possibilities and there's only like one yep. where yeah there's yeah there's and, one where they met yeah and he essentially has to choose who's going to die. Right. Yeah. It's not does someone die. It's who's going to die. And, right. and that's true. I mean, he works on this giant scale. And Spider-Man's supposed to be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, even though we've mentioned how this Spider-Man has worked on a larger yep. scale. But Bought with Black Panther, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. But he's also still young. and Still in high school. Yes. Still in high school. And and. That that is is not to take away from anything. You you need that youthfulness, but there's there's a reason there's a there's a difference between youthful approaches, more aged approaches, shall we say? Um, but yeah, you know, 
And and one of the brutal things about this is now, granted, if if everyone had agreed to one plan, like if everyone, including Doctor Strange, had agreed to help everyone, mm-hmm. m- maybe it would have made the difference. Or if everyone had agreed to Doctor Strange's plan, maybe that would have made a difference. But it given, but it here's the thing, definitely, yeah. But the because... reality of life is you don't get everyone on the same page. And you know what's brutal about this movie? Doctor Strange ended up being right. Yeah, he did. The universe is getting pulled apart and destroyed. Aunt May dies. Yeah. In it- in trying to help, and and that's not to say that we shouldn't have her approach to things, but I think it's also you you also just have to be aware of the brutalities of life too, and and just be being careful because if if. Yeah. You put too much of yourself into something and trying to save. Unfortunately, for her, that did not work out well, so and well. I, and I think the reason it did not work out, because the thing is, Peter did what's right. He did not treat them as prisoners. He treated mm-hmm. them with humanity. But at the same time, you don't know them. Like, True. Yeah. if like you don't know, you don't know them. He had no idea just how much of a force to be reckoned with the Green Goblin persona. That's true, because the other Spider-Mans hadn't come into the picture yet. Right. Yeah. They yeah. had no idea how, how like, uh, heavy that persona was, and it's such an epic mm-hmm. part in the movie, because he gets his Spider-Sense, and he's just yeah. looking around the room, because he doesn't know. Yep. <laughs> he's looking at a room he full of super villains. He knows something's wrong, but he doesn't like, know where it's coming from. Who is it? Which one mm-hmm. is it, right? And it's just... It's very interesting because, yeah, the, he, they made the right decision treating these uh, and, labeled villains yeah. with humanity yeah. and wanting to help and honestly rehabilitate yeah. them. And, and what, the point I think you're making here is, and you need all the facts. Right. It, you you need- want treat someone as a human and treat and be aware of their past their present what what makes all of this come together into the person don't treat them only based on that one piece of information but you also need that piece of information to to be able to interact with them in a way that hopefully works out for the best and that was something i was going to ask you about because honestly the thing is it has to be difficult dealing with patients that might be keeping things from you Oh, they all are keeping things from me. Right. And you just have to hope that you're on the right track with it and that they're not keeping too much from you to the point that you can't successfully help them because they're just exactly Mm -hmm. lying about everything to you. And so I have yet to meet a person that that shares everything. Although, so, you know, one of the one of the things I really enjoy about um, some people who um, are, are their brains work differently. So, say mm-hmm. folks that um, are on the autistic spectrum or have some sort of psychotic disorder or that sort of stuff. You know, we talk about disease disorders, et cetera, and, and yeah, there are these difficulties. But but for some of these folks, what can be really refreshing is they're actually some of the most forthright people. Yeah, and they don't know how to kind of not be straightforward and 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 tell you things based on their perceptions just straight out how it is 
So that right. can be actually one of the most refreshing things, um, yeah. working with just certain folks. But most of us, if not all of us, yeah, we, because of embarrassment or guilt or um, because it doesn't benefit us in some way or we're worried about how it might impact someone else. There are all these different layers that, yeah, it affects how much we tell people. I don't tell my doctor everything. I know being being a therapist myself, how important it is for people to share. And I myself am not always good at sharing everything I need to within a healthcare right. setting. It's weird. It's difficult. It's weird. Um, and then later I'm like, why didn't I say anything? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I constantly ask myself that. I constantly ask, why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, um, there's plenty. You're never going to know everything about another person. And, and this movie is pointing out why in certain circumstances it can be so important to know information. Um, but yeah, you just kind of have to look out for things. And, and once again, this might show some of his youthfulness where I think maybe the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, if he was coming across all of these um, villains from other um, universes, it, it, it seems like he might be in more of a balance now where he wants to help people, right? He thought of, he's been thinking over the years about how to cure. Yeah. But also, he's seen a lot of shit. Yeah, because at one point, I can't remember the line. It's the line that he says when Otto Octavius sees him. Mm. He's like, how are you doing? And and he says something along the lines of like, I'm trying to make things right. Or yeah. like, yeah, yes. he, it's, it's something along those lines, which lets yes. you know he's not just, fight. It, it, it sounds like he's not just fighting criminals, but he's also trying to be a well-rounded yes. and good person and be there and for he's, everyone. He's paying attention. You yeah. see it with Andrew Garfield. And also he's the one that stops uh, Tom Holland from murdering. He mm-hmm. is paying attention. So yeah, he's trying something new and he's trying to understand. And he's, so essentially, you know, you were saying, you know, as a therapist, people don't tell you everything. No, they don't tell me everything. You're paying attention, and and what you're hoping for is that you build the trust in the relationship, so treating someone as a person like Aunt May, and you're also paying attention for for the information. You might observe things that you can then kind of bring up, so hopefully you guys can talk through it together, um, or just kind of working out, hey, there's some information missing here. Right. What's going on there? And, and bringing that to the forefront. Um, or, you know, making sure you come back around things, um, over and over again in, in a gentle way. You don't want to berate someone. Uh, you don't want to force someone to share information. It's important for people to choose to share, but yeah, I mean, there's, um, it's ahead it, of him, it seems yeah, like, yeah, Toby McGuire, he, he could be a good therapist. I wonder, uh, what, honestly, he hangs it, up the was, Spider-Man. Honestly, that was the vibe I was getting because, yeah. like, even when Andrew Garfield Spider Man was putting himself yes. down, he's like, "No, you're amazing! Like, you're." I love it's that. Okay. It's I mean, okay. obviously, like, they wanted to put in the little shtick of the amazing, right? Spider-Man, the amazing spot, but it's yeah. but still, it was one of those things. Like, he's mm-hmm. they're just there. He's 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 there as he he felt way more like a mentor than just yeah. another another Spider Man. Like he and yeah, and he didn't. You just got this sense that, yeah, more of a mentor and 
kind of, I don't know how to describe it really, but he, he, he didn't seem like he was going to jump into action right away. Yeah. In a good way where let's, let's. It's not hot headed at all. Yeah. Let's take everything in. There's a time for Spider-Man. There's a time not for Spider-Man. Yeah. I was getting that sense from him, which once again, a lot of times it takes that experience, that maturity. Um, and unfortunately for him, just going through a lot of shit. And you see it too, because even when the the portals open and you first meet them, Andrew Garfield, he's out there still being Spider-Man. He's in his suit and he's like, Yeah, yesterday all of this happened. I'm like, Yesterday? So you've just been in your Spider-Man suit just this whole time. Just <laughs> well, still... and he even says, right? He's not really playing the Peter Parker part anymore. Right. And then you see Toby Maguire who they pick at and they say he's dressed like a cool youth bastard. He's just like I don't know where I'm at, but I mean, I have the suit on just in case, but I'm just. Yep. And doing yeah, my thing. and they both talk about, like, I don't have an ID on me because, you know, that would be silly. But you're so right. I didn't even think about that. How. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just Joe Schmo on the street. Yeah. Yeah. He's just doing his thing. But yeah. And he's I also just... kind of like, even how, you know, he, he comes in and he's like, hey, is it okay if I come through the, oh, the portal's closed. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Even, <laughs> everything so, about him just fits with this. He's so yeah. laid. He's so laid back. He's so he's like, oh, is, it, is this cool? Is this, how's it going, everybody? He, like, he's, yeah. He has worked on himself. He seems. has. I also yeah. think it's funny seeing, like, when I think back on the Spider-Man, it's like, as they made these movies, they realized this is not what a high schooler looks like. And they got better yeah, every know. time because they're not once was I like, yes, Tobey Maguire is completely a 15-year-old teenager. And then okay, same thing like, with Andrew Garfield. I'm like, a little better, but yeah. still. Okay, Tobey Maguire, though, let's be fair. Back then, no one looked like a teenager. Oh, yeah, they Mang- all looked like college students or older. Joe Manganiello played Flash Thompson in, the, like, in oh that my movie, God. which is amazing. Because so that I... man's never been a high schooler. I guarantee you, he was born... <laughs> 22 years old <laughs> so, with abs. <laughs> so I I was trying to rewatch all of the Spider-Man movies before tonight and I utterly failed. I only got through the first two of Tommy Maguire's. <laughs> um, so yeah, well done me. But uh, whatever, I have a life. Okay, guys. Um, but yeah, I was like, what is Joe Manchinello doing in this? Oh my God. Yeah. I was so excited. I was way too excited. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're, they're, I, Spider-Man is definitely one of my favorite uh, Marvel superheroes. Like, mm-hmm. if, like I, I'm definitely a DC guy, but if I had to go with Marvel, like, Spider-Man's my dude. Like, he's just, he's awesome. And, and honestly, what makes him great are all of his different villains that he mm-hmm. interacts with. All of his villains are very interesting, which is honestly the same reason I love Batman so mm-hmm. much. Like, his villains are so interesting and, and different. They have these crazy backstories, but you feel for them. Like, and, and it's, you feel, I feel like you feel for Spider-Man's villains way more than you feel for Batman's villains. Batman's villains hit a point and it's like, you're just a problem. But like Spider-Man's yeah. villains, it's like, cause you always see them before things go mm. really bad. And you just, you never really lose that complete sense of humanity that they had. And that's the thing is that a lot of times in life, you don't get to see all of that. 
Right. And so you're only responding to what has been done to you or what they have done to people. And you don't have, you're not able to play it back and see all of that like you do with how you're describing this. I think that's one of the keys to to empathy. And that's one of the keys to connecting and treating people like humans, even if they've done something that you truly believe is a very terrible, awful thing. And even if you struggle to understand how someone could do that, Oh, yeah. You can still treat someone as human if, like you're saying, you can play it back and see see beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. And But you don't ever – and it's rare that you get to see that in yeah. action in action movies. Mm, yeah. Like even sure. like when you see uh, Spider-Man like break up a bank robbery, like you don't see what led that bank robber down that path and all the horrible, sad things that happened to him. Before he robbed that bank, yeah. you just see Spider-Man hit him with a brick, right? And it's like, well, that guy had a rough life before that. And now he's got a really bad concussion <laughs> and he's going <laughs> to jail. Uh, like, it's like, yeah, Spidey saved the day. And it's like, no, that guy has a really hard life and he really needed that money. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't get the, you don't get is, the villain side. A, you know, it is, it is kind of interesting, though. Because, I mean, you and I, I think, both think that that's very important to recognize, hey, all of this stuff. And yet we still love, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we we love the superheroes and all of this, but I think it's definitely right. important to keep in mind. But yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's funny to keep in mind, but at the same, yeah, you read the comic books and it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be jaywalking in Gotham if you don't want Batman to break your arm. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh do we have a mindful nerd moment? Let's do it. Sweet. So, um I don't think we've done one with Spider-Man before, the mindful nerd moments. Um so what I was thinking that we would do is Spider-Man web swinging on his web through Perfect. New York City. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You can pick whichever Spider-Man you want to be. You can pick whatever part of New York City you want to swing through. Could be, you know, uh, so they were by the Statue of Liberty at one point during that movie. You could go in Times Square. You can go in Brooklyn. I don't care where you go. Um, I don't know which one you are, um, but just choosing a Spider-Man and you're going to swing on your web through New York City. All right. Sounds good. All right. Which Spider-Man are you going to be? Uh, you know, I, I... I really, I really do uh, enjoy Miles Morales. I'm gonna go off yes! stuff here. I'm gonna go. I'm it. gonna be Miles Morales. That's who I was for this past Halloween. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. You showed me pictures of that. Oh yeah, we're totally. Um, so sometimes we switch order. So hopefully it hasn't already happened yet. But we've also talked about um, doing Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, we'll do it. So we'll love it that movie. It's so good. I love it. Miles Morales. Perfect. Yes. The reason I asked you before is I know sometimes your brain gets away from me. And so I was like, let's make sure we know which Spider-Man he is it. before we get started. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> and and for listeners, obviously pick whatever Spider-Man you want to be. Okay. So I want you to sit straight but comfortably. And if you're comfortable with it, closing your eyes. Um, or you can just soften your gaze and not look at anything in particular. And just focus on your breath. Notice what it's like to breathe in and out. You don't need to breathe in any particular way. We're just using this to help us focus in on one point before we start. 
And as you're breathing in and out, I want you to shift yourself into the body of Spider-Man. And as you continue to breathe, notice what it's like to breathe as Spider-Man. And when you're ready, I want you to picture yourself in New York City. You're on the top of a building and you take in a deep breath. And as you breathe out, you look across to another structure in New York City and you sling out your web. You shoot it out. You feel it hit that other structure, that other building. And with another breath in, you jump off of the building you're on and you exhale as you swing through the air. And I want you to just notice that feeling, the feeling of rushing wind, feel of the air, the, the sun on your skin. Notice the whirring of the wind, the sounds you might hear of the hustle and bustle of New York City as you swing by. And now I want you to shoot out another web out of your other wrist. Hit another building. Notice that feeling of the web as it connects and feel that shift in motion as you start swinging in this other direction. Once again, noticing the feel of the wind, the feel of the sun, the sounds of New York City, breathing it in and breathing it out, allowing that energy to energize you as you move through. And then I want you to sling one more web onto another building. Shift yourself once again in another direction. Breathing in. Breathing out. Just feeling the wind and the breeze hitting you. Hearing the sounds of New York City. And when you're ready, I want you to sling yourself up to the top of that building. You're, you're Spider-Man, you're agile. You sling yourself up there, you land, feel that the firmness under your feet as you land at the top of that building. Look around at New York City around you. And when you're ready, we're gonna breathe in as Spider-Man taking in this view of New York City. Breathe out. Shifting yourself from New York City back to wherever you are now. Breathing in and breathing out as yourself where you sit. And we're going to wrap up the podcast. So how was it being Miles Morales? I dug it. Still got a little bit distracted. Just a little. But it was still right. it was still mindful. So it's because I played the Spider-Man video games. Ah. and. Uh, there's only there's only two I think that you get to do like the web sling. It was Spider Man Two, which I played for GameCube like way back when, and then this latest Spider Man that came out for PlayStation. Mm. Uh, you it's such a great game, and you get to actually do all of the web slinging, and I it's feel. the most it's the most fun part of the game. Just actually just. And I, so many times when I played it, I would just kind of zone out and just mm -hmm. swing all over the city nice. and just, just vibe, you know? 
It was yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. That's awesome. And and just a friendly reminder, distraction is expected. It's not a failure. It's not oh I did it wrong. It's 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 nothing like that. Distraction is expected. Mindfulness is all about working through things like distraction and and your whole what you're doing is you're you're honing your ability to pull yourself back from distraction because distraction is just going to happen in life so distraction's fine yeah awesome well we go do some more swinging thanks for nerding out with us i'm clinical psychologist dr amelia brown find me on social media at crafting the mind I'm comic enthusiast and professional nerd Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at Team JBS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. See you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.